You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. All right, we are live. This is Bench Talk Live, all systems go. Live podcast. What's up, buddy? Logan Barbell. Can always count on you being here, my friend. I'm good, buddy. How are you? Where are you guys from, too? And a lot of you out in uh, whole different countries. Sip of coffee for the working man. You know what's up? We just did some filming. Small arm, leg strong came by. Uh, big news this week that uh, our family just got a puppy. Me and the wife picked up a new puppy, seven weeks old. A little bit young to have on the, the live podcast right now, but uh, um, soon she'll be joining us for sure. Or he, rather. I gotta get used to the fact that he's a boy. Uh, California, San Diego. And where was uh, Birmingham, buddy, huh? Oh, uh, Wolverhampton in England. Not familiar with England. Would like to go there one day. Lincoln, Nebraska. Awesome. Love to come to Nebraska, California. Love California. San Diego. Here, weather's beautiful. I'd love to come out there. Hey, guys, you know, if you ever want to set up a bench clinic in your area, all I need is the uh, information of a gym that you might be interested in hosting. Uh, all you have to need is a bench. That's really all I need to work with. So, uh, you know, I'd be totally open to coming out anywhere i haven't broke the news yet but we are setting something up in the michigan area so if you are in the michigan area uh we will be doing a bench clinic near you coming to that kalamazoo area not familiar with michigan but that's uh where we're setting up right now belfast northern ireland what how you feel about uh conor mcgregor's whiskey you a whiskey guy i like it i like it i'm a frequent buyer Buddy, well, if you ever come to England, feel free to come train in my home gym. Got rogue calibrated plates. I actually, I don't like calibrated uh, plates, my friend. I think they're awesome. I'm just that old school iron kind of feel. I like those deep dish plates. Only got 200 uh, at most, though, so we'll have to get some more. Definitely will need some more. Definitely need some more. We'll need a big bar, too, to fit those things on. LEA's Liverpool, UK. Oh, we got some good uh, viewership here from England, hey? Huh? So, maybe I'll have to get out there one of these days. We have a few that i uh coaching out in England. I've coached lifters from all over the world, so. Buddy Shell, I'm a IPF boy, so it's only right. I gotcha. I gotcha. That's, you know, the big international fed. That's the way to go especially you know any other places i out here in the u.s i don't know how it is other places we got like 50 different powerlifting feds it's nuts uh, everyone's got a powerlifting fed i don't know how it is overseas places maybe you just have less select choices but uh yeah we got too many choices for powerlifting feds let's get in some questions you guys want to drop some questions things to talk about topics you guys want to talk about regina Saskatchewan, baby. AA from Lucas. I have no idea where the hell that is, my friend. <laughs> I don't know if that's a town, a city, a country. What the hell? 
We got some questions in here. Drop some cues or shit to talk about. Whatever the hell you want, you want to talk about. This is Bench Talk Live. We do whatever the hell we want. Sip of coffee for the working man. Matt, Matt's always in here. What's up, Matt? Um, here, I keep hitting my damn mic here. I gotta readjust my my workstation here a little bit. This mic's gonna come over here on my left, and now I got access to the YouTube. How long does it take to get your work sets? To get to your work sets, um, well, longer if we're messing around. <laughs> longer if we're we're fooling around and shit, shooting the shit. But um, the warm up, I really don't want to take too long with that. And uh, I want to be pinpoint with it. So I really don't want to go more than 10, 15 minutes with my warm-up. And then by the time I'm in the working sets, I, it really just depends on what I'm doing. Max effort. You know, uh, I'm running the conjugate style programming. So I'm either going up to a top single for the day, which really doesn't take too long. Uh, or I'm working up to speed work, which really doesn't take too long either. Like yesterday I was benching with a plate 10.5. So um, really not too long. With this conjugate style stuff, I'm more warm up on the max effort day, but I mean it's pretty diligent. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty diligent with it, so it really doesn't take long to get into working sets. Lucas Canada, I'm actually I'm coming to Canada. Um, we have something set up for October third as is. I gotta see what's up with that. Um, obviously, I'd still we're going to Newfoundland, Labrador, Newfoundland area. If you're familiar with that and that's where i'll be october 3rd as of right now unless something changes but um yeah i, I just we just uh have a new athlete on the team from canada this past week brett brett potter shout out to him he is a bench only athlete so we're coaching some guys out in uh, canada let's see what we got from instagram here some questions coming in buddy there's probably about 10 in the uk three main ones so a good amount of, a lot less than us, a lot less powerless than feds out in other places. Uh, Logan said, did my first session in my used loose Titan Katana, and I touched to a two-board, one board, and on the last set managed to touch. Excellent. Uh, Sammy asked if I have any experience with black overkill shirts. I do not. Um, the only overkill that I've been in is uh, one from back in the day when they i guess first started making shirts when Rudy first started making shirts um and it was rich putnam's and i was just, i happened to be there for a bench session he let me try it on I smoked a big bench it was a big pr for me it was a single ply shirt too i think or maybe a modified double but um i, I liked it it was very very stiff it was more like a super katana material than an sdp um, but yeah i liked it i just haven't had any experience with the new ones the red material things that they have out now or, or i guess the bench shirts are making whether it's red or black it looks like more of the sdp type material but i don't know I haven't had my hands on one but he says best bench variations for raw lifters um so i like a lot of spending time down at the chest level for raw lifters usually that's where a raw lifter needs the most work that's going to be the weakest area if you can get strong off the chest usually you're not going to have a problem if you bench for a little bit of a closer grip you might want to consider doing more top end stuff but um i would say you know things like a dead press or just paused work using a bow bar buffalo bar whatever you want to call it um you know doing feet up benching 
doing a lot of volume, just spending a good amount of time uh, down at chest level. Cyclonic Rabbit, way too many federations, and why the heck does a record not carry over to another fed make zero sense? A record is a record since it's a sanctioned fed. Well, um, that's the, the nice part of open powerlifting is we can compare records across the board. It's a big database. I'm sure everyone's probably familiar with open powerlifting by now, but you have openpowerlifting.org. You can literally search by any criteria that you want. It'll compare it across the board. That, that's the problem with a Fed record. You know, uh, every Fed has their own records. So, I mean, it's they really don't mean as much as they might have used to if there was only a few because, the you know, the pool's so watered down. When you have 50 different Feds and you have 50 different records within the different Feds, I mean, now you're talking thousands and thousands of different records that are up for grabs. Um, you know, obviously some of the big federations, they're a little more prestigious since more people run through them, but, you know... You're 100% raw federation, uh, masters, 40, 45, um, sleeves only record, you know, it gets a little watered down. Uh, Logan Barbell, tips for the first time in a canvas suit or just double ply suit in general. Uh, what should the first session look like? I would just get a feel for your suit. I just started squatting in my canvas um, a few weeks back. Just getting a feel for it. The big thing was I wasn't trying to get depth just yet first session just want to feel it out break the suit in a little bit so i was more worried about positioning you really have to jam your butt back into that thing uh, arch into it a lot harder than you probably would a poly suit because it's not going to give much like sitting into a brick wall um so yeah you have to be a little more aggressive with that you have to have more hip tension built up like you have to be stronger there for sure and um yeah don't don't ever like it in the shirt don't ever force a touch don't ever force step on a squat suit you gotta stay in that suit's tension if you're not there yet, you got to put more weight on your back. But then the question becomes, can you handle more weight? And at that moment, getting into it the first time two weeks ago, I didn't want to load up my back with more weight. So I took depth to where I could get it. Uh, buddy says, WB Banded Bench. I think that's what about Banded Bench? Uh, banded Bench is a great tool. And we use that mostly for speed work. But you can do some volume training with that and get heavy with it too. But, yeah, I love bands. I love bands. I love chains. I love all of it. It's all got its place. Matt, running conjugate are your workouts around an hour. I heard Louie wants that due to cortisone levels. Um, well, one, I highly, well, the main work might be done in an hour, but I highly doubt those those sessions are going an hour. Multiply is, is really, um, I guess, notoriously known for long-ass sessions. Hope keep fuzzing out here. Um, you're usually in for like a three-hour ride. Our session start at six here, and then we don't end till eight thirty-nine, depending on when we can get some accessories in. So it's at two and a half, three hours. It's just a lot going on with the suits and all that. I'm sure at West Side though, they were probably very diligent with it. I think next guy up is bang, bang, bang. Um, but you know, in actuality. Because I'm trying to enjoy training too. You got to enjoy training. Over there, it's like a freaking machine. Um, but I try to enjoy training, joke around with the guys, you know. you know. So it's just, we're not going to be as done as quick. We're going to take our time a little bit. Firing up the grill between sets. Not quite. Not quite. Um, usually I already did my grilling. I did a brisky and some salmon this past weekend. That was good. 
I was going to tell you what. Um, thoughts on guillotine press as an accessory, Eric Bell says. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with a guillotine press. I assume that's got to be something similar to a JM press or like a skull crusher variation where you're aiming down towards your neck. Um, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm, the guillotine press and the jam press are similar things. So, yeah, I'm definitely utilize that for sure. Great for triceps. I was doing it the other day. Uh, at deal. Tried pausing my benches and managed the same way as my touch and go, except it felt way safer and stable, close to my two times bench goal. That's awesome, my friend. Yeah, you'll find that you're actually going to be better at doing paused work over your touch and go the more familiar you get with it because you're going to have more control, more stability, and you're going to be able to pinpoint where you put that bar groove. Have you seen Westside versus the World documentary? I have. Um, it was really more like the history of the gym. I would like to see a little bit more of Louie talking about training, um, my personal preference. But, uh, you know, it was cool. Obviously, there's not a ton out there to watch for powerlifting. So, you know, it was really cool to see a documentary on anything powerlifting related. Uh, Matt says, Louie's running a sale on books this weekend. A great time to pick that up. I think I got all the books they sell. Um, the little manuals and then the book of methods and i'm sure they sell some of the recommended books that louis has too i'm sure they're selling um some of those as well so i'll have to look into that they definitely want to get some of those larger manuals and brush up on that thing with me is i'll read a book and i forget freaking all of it after because my memory is shot so unless i'm applying it right away um that's why i was i've never I, i'm never a great student i was never a great student in school um, you know, I made it through, made it through. Um, I do have a uh, bachelor's degree in kinesiology, exercise science. Um, but to be honest with you, a lot of that stuff, I, the curriculum, not my thing. Um, not a good reader in terms of picking up that knowledge. Um, so I love reading. I love reading, but I just it's on the unfortunate side of things that my retention on uh on books and sometimes even videos i think i retain more from videos but unless i'm like i, I love going to the clinics like i do my bench clinics um i love going to workshops and those types of things and i'll always favor going to those over watching a video series or a book um, because i'm going to learn more that way by getting hands-on and doing more of it dry guy any drills used to stay tight at the bottom or am I regulated to spoto pressing, shirt pressing? Um, not sure what, I, what you mean by that. So drills that stay tight in the bottom, or just mostly sticking to paused work. Um, T-shirt pressing, he's talking about, which forces you. It's pretty much like a low spoto press, same idea. Um, so drills to stay stable in the bottom. I'd say anything that's going to help your back control. So like I like the line lat pullover hold. You can find that on our YouTube channel. That's a great one because it teaches you how to create stability with your back. Because down in that position, real important that we're driven up onto our traps. We're keeping um, back stability control. So anything that's going to allow you to touch into your back better. Okay, so that's going to be key there. Okay. Um, the reverse band bench press where you're actually pulling the bar down to you suspended bar hanging up here in bands you pull it down to you stuff like that uh how 
uh, deal. How has social media affected training? People max out for the gram too often. Um, I'm sure things are way different than back in the day, for sure. And something I always tell our athletes when they join the team, they'll leave them a voice recording, kind of telling them to how, how to film things, how to upload uh, videos and a whole rundown when they join the team. And, and one thing I always tell them is, you know, I want to see as much video as you can get me. I'll take a look at all of it. I spend a lot of time just going through um, videos for our coaching program. Um, I'm trying to be more efficient with that. Um, there's a lot there, and I do take a look at every video, and I try to analyze it best I can. I make uh, notes and thoughts and change the programming as I'm going along watching video. Um, so I get very deep into that stuff, and I do it on a regular basis. And um, the first thing I like, going back to the first thing I tell them is, hey, I'll take a look at any of the videos you send me. More is better because obviously I want to see everything that's going on. I want to see a session. But um, I don't want it to be a distraction from your training. If videoing becomes a distraction in your training, like you have to go through the process of setting up the camera, hitting the buttons, getting different angles and shit like that. If that's too much for you, you want to just focus on getting into your training, I'm cool with that. Because I don't like the distractions myself. If I, you know, if I didn't have the uh, big bench brand and that all that whole deal, I certainly wouldn't be filming as much as I do. Um, I don't like walking around with with the, with the camera and having to, to film everything for um, all our extra stuff. I want to train. I'm ready. I'm focused on training. So it is a distraction to me. But you know, I have uh, I have our business here, so I'm trying to put out content and good things to help you guys, of course. But um, yeah, social media can definitely become a, a distraction. I think a gym that has a no phone policy is, is a good thing, especially if you want to get some hardcore training in, get efficient. Um, the less you can handle your phone in a training session, the better. Because you're going to be focused on what you need to do. The dead time, you're going to find things to fill it instead of being on your phone. Um, you know, there's only benefits to that. So, yeah, social media really kind of made things tough and yeah, people want to max out and go up and wait. But I also think it's a good thing because, listen, you've been there. When the when the camera's rolling, you kick it up a notch. I know that if I need a little extra boost, I film it. Because I know now the world's going to see I need to be pinpoint. So it's also a great tool. It's a great tool, but you don't want to overuse that. Let's see what we got coming in. Uh, how would someone not part of the gym get some form check of a set for you? Um, so, yeah, you don't need to train here, definitely. I, all, all my athletes are mostly online-based. Um, like I said, I work with athletes all over the world. So, um, you know, I, I my business is not a gym. I'm a coaching service. So, I have a few select local people. Hey, if you're nearby, you're in Long Island, New York area, yeah, you're welcome to come train with us. Um but yeah, mostly it's all online anyway. So our coaching program will be the best way to get regular routine feedback. Um, we have the VIP membership, which is tremendous too. You can get some coaching critiques. We post exclusive content there. You can check that out bigbench.com. Um, but I also I'll check out people's videos. You send them to me. You know I I probably it's gonna be the last thing I I check because I got so much others to to uh, check first. There's a kind of totem pole to it, but. Um, yeah, I will give you some feedback. I'll give you some helpful links of, of where to take your uh, take your technique next, and 
you know, so I'll, I'll definitely try to help you out the best I can. But like I said, I probably won't get to it super quick. I, I, back in the day, I could get to it quicker, but um, now it's I got to get through some things first before I ever kind of look at someone else's videos. Um, it's not part of our membership or coaching program because we get too much coming in. Um, have you had problems with short people whose legs struggle? Have you had problems with short people? Yeah hate him <laughs> this kid uh have you had problems with short people whose legs struggle to reach the ground on some of these higher benches yeah absolutely um first thing is try to train on a uh, bench press that you're going to use at the meet like same height i've definitely fallen into that trap of i would have i trained on a fat pad so i have a texas strength systems bench unit that had a fat pad on it and it raised me up a ton so it was awesome right because i felt really powerful through the ground and whatnot you never had a problem with your butt lifting up but then the one meet that i really had a problem with my butt popping off the pad and i never have a problem with my butt popping off the pad because i'm driving back on the bench but because i got so used to benching on the fat pad height i go to the meet lower bench totally threw me for a loop just could not get my foot position right just could not get my drive right um really threw me for a loop so that being said always want to try to train on what you're going to use at the meet i immediately took that fat pad out i put in tiny meeker's pad which by the way best bench pad i've ever used just message tiny meeker on instagram he has he makes amazing bench pads best best pad except maybe some rps meets i've been at that great cushion great traction but tiny meeker's pad spot on fall asleep in that thing but yeah so get back to it you have shorter legs obviously try to do what you can to the bench height if you can't do anything to the bench height you can wear a heeled shoe and that should give you some leverage or a big boot um a big boot if you're having a hard time getting your feet down something that has more to it how can i uh hamza abdullah it's a cool name how can i identify weak points on the raw bench so that i can prioritize muscle groups on conjugate um, so very simply try different movements and see what you suck at you know that would be the best way to do it try overhead press too and if that's not really up to par i think a good um, number to shoot for is 60 percent your one rep max raw if you're not around that number overhead press might be something that you want to bring up but um, just kind of go through some variation if you do a close grip board press that does that suck does you not hit as much as you could off the chest certainly can happen to people um, try a wide grip bench Do you suck at that you know usually when you suck at something it's telling you there's a weak point there and you want to develop that if you suck at squatting with a safety squat bar squat more with a safety squat bar you know that's 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 how you go about identifying weaknesses and that's going to do the best for you so hopefully that helps you my friend um dry dry guy super arched versus semi-arched and is uh and leg drive effectiveness um, so i'd always try to go for the biggest arch possible um, but there are times like speed work and stuff i beat up my back trying to do the biggest arch possible so i will relax it a little bit um but when i'm practicing heavy weights i'm trying to get into the best arch possible so there's never really an instance where i'm going to lax up on positioning i'm always going to try to maximize positioning um, and leg drive effectiveness, I think, you know, this shouldn't affect leg drive too much. Um, whether, because yeah, that positioning is really made from the T spine, you know, getting that upper back arch, getting your shoulders underneath you. That contributes highly to um, your arch effectiveness. But 
Um, it shouldn't really affect your lathe drive, whether you're a little bit more flat or you're more arched. That's something that is a separate issue. LOL, my close grip board press sucks too. So yeah, um, that would be where I would attack. Hey, sip a coffee to the working man. Damn good. Damn good. Who we got here? Will benching help get the bullies off me? Well, I'd say so. You got to be in your power position, though. I always say, I, uh, uh, my buddy there, he trains jujitsu. And hey, I say, you do your fancy moves. You get your fancy headlocks, do that shit. But hey, if I lock up my power zone, you're going for a ride. You just got to fall into my power zone, I tell you. So, <laughs> yeah, certainly will. Uh, a deal. How would your how would your Larson press numbers compare to the normal bench press? So, um, feet up in Larson style going to be a little bit different. Feet up, you can actually have your feet on the pad. You get a little leverage with it. Larson style, if you completely put your feet out flat, um, I've found you can get close. I've always been within about forty pounds. 40 50 pounds um, you might even find that you're a little bit closer so the idea there larson press is going to be hard feet up like i said you can leverage you can keep positioning a little bit better kind of gives you that end cap when your feet are out flat very hard to you have to work harder with your upper back pretty much the whole of that positioning because you have no end cap on the bottom to kind of drive you up so um you're probably going to experience a bigger disparity between larson and your comp bench. <clears throat> I don't give me an example. I'll tell you if it sucks. I'll tell you if it sucks or it's all right. Um, but yeah, feet up bench shouldn't be terribly different. Obviously, you should be comp benching more and get your legs in play. But that I find that was a big weak point for me when I was pushing raw training. My feet up bench sucked compared to my comp bench. Completely sucked. It did a lot of feet up benching. Raw bench went up. And it's just finding that weak point. Find what you suck at. Uh, my elbow pain when I bench press too much is that natural. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you don't want elbow pain. So, no, you know, you definitely don't want that, my friend. Uh, and that's unfortunate because I'm here. Hey, I've, I've been with you. Um, oh, Logan, yeah, we are going to be dropping another code. Definitely, my friend. I'll be getting to that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, to go back to that. Bench, you shouldn't be having elbow pain. Uh, to dissect what might be the problem might not be my scope of practice to tell you exactly what's going on. We do have some helpful videos if you search elbow pain to bench press. Some things you could do is a form check to make sure that what you're doing on the bench press isn't contributing to that. Um, some soft tissue stuff that I found to help me in the past. I actually have an awesome video coming out very soon um, about shooting forearm pain. That's very common for, for uh, big benching athletes that um, you get that shooting forearm pain immediately when you release the bar. And I'm going to share some of the things that I've done to uh, to help with that. Soft tissue work, doing the compression bands, um, you know, all that, all that deal, the whole deal. So it's all in there. Um, oh, Bulletproof Shoulders was a great investment, AJ says. Yeah, so, I mean, that wasn't really directed towards elbows, um, going back to the last question. But, yeah, if you guys have a shoulder discomfort, we did a great product that's available, bigbenches.com. If you go to our online course section, um, that 
bulletproof shoulders course really jam-packed with some good stuff uh, it, it's only selling 9.99 on there so it's, it's a great pickup great investment we put a lot of good stuff into how you prep your shoulders warming up keeping your shoulders safe um, developing your shoulder strength all of that oh matt says courses are great thanks matt um yeah usually when they initially come out they're free so you got to be on top of that um, right now I'm working on it. It's just I'm trying to get the time to put it all together. Uh, I'm working on putting up the sure to bench course and that thing. So that's going to be a bigger, bigger sell. That's, um, a $99 product, just like our other bench course. Cause it is freaking jam packed with everything you need to know about sure to benching. Literally. I was, I sat down, I put everything in there. I was like all the tips to adjust your shirt, training in the shirt, everything you need to know freaking in that course, guys. You guys got to check it out. I'm super amped about it. I've been super amped. I haven't done a ton of promotion on it because I want to get it all situated. It's not put together yet. I have all the videos recorded. Just need to put it together. Um, but that's going to be a real awesome course. Really awesome course. I'm I was super pumped. Uh, so dry guy says uh, elbow pain what helped him was doing high rep band press downs yeah so a lot of the warm ups just getting your elbows going getting them warm uh, we actually just covered that we have a bunch we have a bench warm up product coming out now um, that all you guys if you're on our newsletter you'll get um, but it's going to go on Facebook uh, as an ad the uh it's gonna be five different bench warm-ups based on what's happening like if you have a hard time opening your hips you have elbow problems shoulder problems things like that you need more lat activation all these different warm-up routines um yeah so that'll be you know free all you guys ty cobb 66 my pr over overhead press 200 bench press 320 do you think pr of bench press is weak uh well i don't have my phone on me but I would see if that's sixty percent. It, um, I don't know math off the top of my head, but that overhead press number you want to be around sixty percent. That three twenty. Okay. Um, have I tried Brazilian Jiu Jitsu BJJ before? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I would like to. I would like to, but no, I have not. Um, I've not really done any martial arts stuff would like to like i said but haven't done it hey sip of coffee to the working man all right guys you know i'm going to tell you the secret code right now you guys we got good viewership here on youtube had some guys on instagram so hey this secret code gonna announce it once all right 20 percent off bigbenches.com if you want sleeves hey you want wrist wraps we got the best wrist wraps guys the big bench and wrist wraps 36 inches i've been using that for three years now since we developed them super stiff casting wrap we have a multi-purpose wrap um you want program templates all that 20 percent off good till tonight only so at midnight it expires um we're gonna see 20 percent off the entire site you want a shirt whatever um i always appreciate the support so um the code for 20 percent off all right and this is good till tonight only is bench pup we got the new puppy now with bench pup so bench as in like bench press and then pup p-u-p bench pup that is the secret code 20 percent off tonight and then again those who join us on instagram or youtube live someone's going to receive a free shirt that i'll ship out to you matt said it said that growing a beard adds 100 pounds 
to your deadlift how much does a good beard add to bench numbers um well if you know how to use it if you know how to use it you can add a substantial amount beard always helps it's the mental side you know when you think you're a viking warrior and you you have the the badass beard to back it all right then you feel better about yourself you feel good about yourself you bench more weight that's how that works dry guy says he got 10 pounds out of his beard you know i think you should at least get 30 so i think he's got a little bit more growing to do a deal says yeah one of us get a t-shirt so yeah i'll go in and i'll randomly select um out of the people who watched youtube out of the people who joined us on instagram i will select one at random um, to receive a shirt I appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, everyone liking the beard. Uh, I shaved down the sides a little bit, keep the beard long. Um, you know, I haven't shaved this. I, you know, I've cut it, trimmed it up a little bit, stuff like that. But I haven't done anything, you know, massive cutting on this since 2018. Pretty wild, huh? I mean, it got trimmed up a little bit, but yeah, it's been going. It's been going. Uh, Logan says, I'm buying knee sleeves. I need that code. Uh, yep, yeah, there's Bench Pup, my friend. That's a 20% off code. Uh, weird question, but do you like benching with a hoodie? I hate benching with a hoodie, but, you know, when it's cold as ass, sometimes I gotta bench with a hoodie. So, <laughs> not really an option at that point. Um, uh, but do I like it? Definitely not. It's too much material. I want to be flush to the pad, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And then Quack Facts saying, have I tried BJJ? No, I haven't. Um, how did it go with your strength? Well, that's the thing. I don't, the reason I haven't tried it because I didn't want it to, uh, you know, cut into my recovery and or exhaust me uh, conditioning-wise or keep me losing weight and I'd have to eat all this food on top of uh, me already having to prep a bunch of food and shit too. So I didn't want it uh, to uh, cut me up too much. You know, I didn't want to have to eat to sustain all the calories I'm burning and shit. Have I found value in doing weighted push-ups, uh, pull-ups? Absolutely. I think pull-ups in general, great thing to do. If you can weight them, you know, most most big guys might have to do bands to help them. But if you can weight them, yeah, sure. Pull-ups are awesome. Uh, I, I've been doing more pull-downs. Um, I'd rather pull something to me than go up to something else. I, never been my thing. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely for pull-ups. Yeah, so Logan's basement gets cold in the winter, so I'm gonna start wearing hoodies. Yeah, I, uh, I, we got a garage gym, so same boat. I think it gets colder there. Not <laughs> a really great place to warm up. Um, it's cold, it's cold. So yeah, I'm definitely wearing hoodies for sure. Don't like to do it, but you know I gotta do it. Gotta keep myself warm, and I gotta. You can't take that freaking hoodie off when you get hot either. That's the thing, because you cool down so quick. Got to keep yourself warm. It's like a pitcher. Keep that arm warm. All right, guys, I'm going to get in some questions that came in the other day on our Instagram. I haven't even touched on any of these. You guys have been active today. It's awesome. Um, let's go with Angry Tomato 28. Differences between closed back. You know what? Angry Tomato 28, does. it sounds very angry and negative. We should change it to Happy Tomato 55 or something like that. We got we to gotta do a whole workaround here. There's no reason to be angry. All right. Happy Tomato 55. Differences between closed back and open back shirt. And what are the advantages? 
Um, so I wouldn't say there's really any advantage to doing an open or um, a closed back shirt. I'm not a fan of closed back shirts, really. If you can open it, open it. I think the only reason we have closed back shirts because some feds like IPF stuff like that, they're gonna force you to wear a closed back shirt. That's just the rules. That's how it is. Um, if you don't have to wear a closed back shirt, I would seriously just snip it up the back. I haven't done that with my tight super katana. I think mostly because I was thinking that I might sell that. Um, or try to part with it after I used it. I haven't yet, so I'm probably going to cut that down the back. Uh, makes it much easier to get on, to maneuver around, to get people on here to jack the sleeves up, you know, you grab material easy. So open back shirt, if you have a closed back shirt, because some just come in closed back, like a Titan Super Katana and stuff, just cut that down the middle if you don't have to bench with a closed back. There's really not many advantages to it. Adam says, I would love some cold weather. Send it down here. Our low temps are over 80 with heat index over 110 lately. Yeah, I'm not into that. About now, I'm ready for some cold weather. And then as soon as the cold weather hits, I'm ready for some warm weather. So I can never find that nice balance. Gotta go to San Diego here. The weather's nice. Same here, man. I'm getting kind of cold in the morning and late at night over here in Buffalo. Yeah, oh, yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, shit, that's up there, Logan Barbell. Um, yeah, hey, you're always welcome to come by the train. It's, uh, well, probably a six-hour drive for you or something. But, hey, if you ever find yourself down here, you're welcome to come by. Um, yeah, I, I, know the, I know the deal. Morning's awesome. Morning, I'm out there chilling with my laptop and coffee. And freaking midday, it's 100 degrees. So, yeah, I get you. Uh, let's go to uh, Hybrid Hillbilly. This is Matt. Do you like to keep your bar speed the same on your work sets? So um, how I, I thought you were mentioning this, um, well, first to say when the weight gets heavier, the intent, so the intent is always to move as quickly as possible. It doesn't matter if it's speed work. It doesn't matter if it's heavy work. You're always trying to be the same amount of explosiveness. We're trying to drill into the bar with everything we got. So the intent never changes. That's always going to be there. Okay, but um, obviously as the weight gets heavier, you're usually going to experience more slowdown. And that depends on someone's individual explosiveness. So I've seen athletes who play football, have sports backgrounds, right? They're very, very explosive. And they'll continue to be explosive up until like the 90%. I mean, they'll move max effort. And you're like, wow, this guy must have like 20 more pounds in the tank. You add five pounds to the bar. And then shit, it just stops. And then you have some lifters who their bar speed just slow the entire time. And then, you know, they, they'll work well beyond your wildest imagination. You're like, maybe this guy maybe have like 10 pounds left. And then, shit, you add 100 pounds to the, to the max. So um, everyone's very, very different in terms of that, their explosiveness. It's a lot to do with, um, I guess, I'd say the young, younger um, development when you were younger, if you played sports, if you were explosive with what you did. Um, I met, I know many people without sports background, maybe they have some marathon running in the past, very, very slow, very, very slow. But that's why it's important to profile a lifter. That's why I need to see training. It's very important that I have a look at videos, not just for form critique, but so I can profile that lifter. All right, so if I'm at a meet with a lifter, you know, say uh, online coaching. This is why it's so important that I see lifts. Because if I'm at a meet with a lifter and I haven't seen many videos over the past training cycle, yeah, we're in trouble. Because, you know, I'm there for the guidance. I'm there to program in the, the numbers at the meet. I'm, I'm there to put in the, the calls and make their life easier and, and do the coach's job. But 
I haven't profiled this person as a lifter. They didn't send me enough videos. So now I don't know. If I add five pounds, are they going to completely conk out? Do they have 20 pounds in? They're not really giving me feedback if I ask them how it felt. So it's really tough to select those numbers. Um, so very important. I see. I can tell who's an explosive lifter, when they're going to conk out, You know what's the signs that they're going to conk out. And then we can fairly estimate how much is left in the tank. So... Logan Barb, as soon as I get the 90 plus percent, I slow down significantly. Yeah, so I mean, ways to build up explosiveness, speed work is great. But you, the thing with speed work, most people don't really capture uh, great benefits from speed work. And also, if you guys are on our mailing list, if you're not on the mailing list, get on the mailing list. I just put out a 12-week bench cycle, speed training cycle, um, that went out email this morning. And um, it's kind of capturing how we um, do our speed training with the team and then uh, some rules for it, some things to keep in mind. I put that all in the email, so that's a good one to check out. Um, and I'm also going to be doing a video on it. We literally just filmed it, so I'll be doing a video on a 12-week speed cycle as well. But um, a lot of people miss the ball on that because they're not training with the correct weight. Okay, 40%, that's a general recommendation. That's week one. That's where we start athletes, 40%, your one rep max. Now, some may need to go lighter. Some may be able to go a little bit heavier. Okay, I usually don't make them go heavier, but um, usually backing it down, if anything. You know, so we definitely have athletes where maybe I program in 40%, 50%. Bar speed's just not there. It's just not there. Therefore, I'm always going to drop it back down. For example, for myself, I'm used to training here at our gym on speed day. All right, my Tiny Meeker bench pads stuff. Trained at a different gym the other day. Um, not quite the same setup, not the same chain setup, not the same bench. Um, a lot of different variables and factors there. So I wasn't feeling as fast. I did go up in percentage a little bit, but I wasn't feeling as fast. So if I need to back down the bar weight, I need to back down the bar weight. That's always the number one thing is how fast is the bar moving. That's going to be the critical thing for nailing speed work. All right, if you're working at too high of intensity, the bar speed's not there, you're doing very kind of subpar volume work, not getting the intent out of the day. The bar needs to move fast, so you need to you need to back it down. You know, I have some athletes who might bench 30, 35%. You know, depends on where the bar speed's at. I have my big bench of sweatpants I cannot wait to wear. Guys, I'm telling you, man, glad you brought that up, man. The sweatpants, guys, I freaking love the sweatpants. Those are nice. Forget, um, forget what the manufacturer is on those sweatpants. Um, but yeah, man, those are warm. I always say those are deep winter pants. Those aren't your, those aren't your fall weather pants. Those are some deep winter pants. You start sweating. Yeah, those are good. Got some in the closet here. That's our storage closet. Uh, what kind of sets and rep ranges do you like to see on secondary upper days for movements like pin press, floor presses? Um, so sets and rep ranges for secondary upper days from so um if it's conjugate style programming that's our speed workout but usually what i do with athletes if we're not doing a conjugate style system right we have um your benching day main benching day where i'm going to play around with a little more intensity uh then we're going to have a day where we're going to do a little bit more weak point training whether that be um maybe it's a little less taxing maybe it's just like a bamboo bar and we get some volume in with that maybe it's overhead pressing Maybe it's floor pressing. Maybe it's pin pressing. I mean, it really depends. Do they have a lockout issue? 
If not, if it's more off the chest, maybe we'll do some t-shirt pressing. Maybe we'll do a Thompson-style bench press. You know, we'll do some stuff uh, to supplement that. So it's really a supplemental workout based on what I feel this individual needs. Um, I've also done board cycles on that second day. We do more overload work. Maybe we don't have as much overload work on the main day. I do want to sprinkle some of that in. I feel like a benefit from handling heavier weights. Um, so it really depends on that. You can go a lot of different ways. You know, training is beautiful because you're always figuring out that puzzle piece. You know, so uh, it, it can make it frustrating. If you look at it one, if you look at it through the lens of quick results, you're always going to be disappointed. Okay. If you look at training as just in, enjoying the process, enjoying the process of getting stronger, it's a really cool thing. I mean, you're making adaptations in your body to lift more weight than you ever have before. It's a really cool thing. And if you enjoy that process of figuring out that puzzle piece and whatnot, then you're going to have a great time. Okay, you're going to have a great time. You know, even when you're in that slump, you know, you're enjoying the process. You're enjoying figuring shit out. Okay, but when you look at it through the lens of shit, I need these results now, um, you know, you're always going to frustrate yourself. You know, it's good to have goals. It's good to be determined. It's, it's good to shoot for the sky. But at the end of the day, just enjoy the process. Enjoy the process. Enjoy tinkering with things. Enjoy finding what works for you. Enjoy trying new things. Okay, you don't always have to do same shit over and over and over. Try some new things. Spice it up a bit. You know, that's something I definitely try to do with our athletes. I try to give some variety. You know, some a question that I ask in our weekly check-in is anything, you know, new, um, anything new that they want to try to implement, you know, whether it's equipment or new style of training, um, because it's very important to have that fresh look towards training, something new and exciting to try, something new and exciting to do. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, guys, you know, we're not doing this to pay our bills right we're we're really we're doing the the competing side of things right to um that's for us it's for fun it's for fun that's what we do it's our hobby all right we don't want to lose that we don't want to lose sight of that you know so um keep it fun keep it fun keep it exciting you know should be a fun time lifting weights feel too much pressure on yourselves <laughs> Uh, what numbers are you hoping to hit for your full power meet? Um, so I kind of got my head. So my last meet was 21.20 at, I was at like 265, something like that. Um, I'm kind of going for the Glossbrenner score because I want to sneak into that top 30 of the recent year so I can compete at the WPO semis um, at the Arnold. Right now, 580 would get you in that, I'm seeing what I, um, from the past year. So I'm hoping, you know, if I just PR 80 pounds, which, you know, I, I definitely had some on the table that passed me, but now I'm also working on a lighter body weight. I think I have a substantial amount to gain on the squat. I don't think 900 is out of the question, depending how the training goes. Um, as of right now, that's how I feel. Last meet was 800, so there's 100 extra right there. Bench press, 735 at this weight last time. Would like to top that a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to PR over last meet. Um, the deadlift was a shit show last meet. I got my opener. Couldn't hang on to anything else. I don't know if I'm going to be hanging on to anything else this meet. So I'm um, going to work towards it. But a lot to, there was like 70, 80 pounds left on the table, if not more. for uh, Let's say 80 pounds on the table probably for the deadlift last time too. So I'm hoping at least at 2,200 at the uh, 220 weight class. I'm going to cut weight for this. So 
that's something to consider too. And that would put me at a 580 Gloss Brenner score. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. That would put me in the top 30 uh, as of right now rankings. So, that's what we're trying to do. But that's the goals for December. Have you tried Bulgarian? No, I have not. I don't really have much to uh, say on that. I haven't really tried that. Um, hey, coach, took your advice about creating a uh, took your advice about creating a wide base and creating stability when benching, and it was much better than relying on leg drive from quads. Thank you. Awesome to hear, my friend. Yeah, I find that you know hips are the dominant player there. Hips is what creates that leg drive. If you're using your quads, it's all good, but you're just not going to be able to capture as much because you can use your quads and your hips when you get a little wider. Kind of like when you're squatting too. Uh, Louis says in his book, I just finished up Book of Methods, says the close stance won't build the wide, but the wide stance will build the close stance because you're still engaging your quads and everything in the wider stance, but you're building up your hips and your hamstrings. And that's going to transfer over to what you do in a close stance. So again, close stance won't build the wide stance, but the wide stance will build the close stance. And I think of it the same way with the bench press. A wider uh, foot position is going to maximize your leg drive, is going to allow you to create more stability and control, um, and it's going to make you more effective if you did go to your toes back or your feet close. But if you're always feet close using quads for your leg drive, you come out wide, it's going to be an adjustment period. You know, So that's how I think about that. Uh, we'll get a few more here before we end. A few more here on uh, yesterday. Uh, let's go with uh, Lao Strength. What is optimal wrist position on bench? So, for you watching, if you're listening to the podcast, and I'm really seeing this, but um, on my forearm here, as y'all can see, my wrist is completely straight. Many people shoot for a completely stri- straight wrist. You can't have a completely straight wrist because if I have a completely straight wrist, you can see I'm hold this pen. The pen is going to be out in front of my forearm. Imagine that's a thicker bar there. Right, that's going to be outside that bone. Okay, we need that weight compressing right down through the bone. We need to stack the alignment. Okay, so I can't have a straight wrist. Some freaking dump that on me. Okay, I can't have a complete bent back wrist because usually that bar is going to be too far in mid hand bending my wrist back. Not good force transfer. If I'm going to punch something, I'm going to hit it with my palm. So I need that bar deep in the palm, right? But I need the wrist cocked back just a bit. Just a bit, so that bar is right in alignment with my form. Okay, not completely straight, not bent back. Just a little bit, nice and firm and tight. That's where we want our grip, our wrist position. Max Whitman said, what is your best strict overhead press? And I believe to that is 255 for three. Might have been 245 for three. I honestly have to check. Um, but I was benching about 440 at the time for reference. Ulrich Brothen, let the bar sink into your chest, good or bad? I would say got to be very careful with that because um, the answer I will give you is that you don't really want to think about sinking the bar a lot into your chest because that's when you get that sinking heat. The more you sink the bar in, the more it deloads to the chest, the more likely you are to um, give up that control on your back kind of uh, let your position collapse a little bit, right? And you turn into the sinking heat. Um Whereas also, it's not like you want to dead stop the bar right above your chest and create a Spoto style press because that is intentionally harder 
for a training effect for a reason so we want to sink it in a little bit so that touch pressure is a delicate balance between not giving up positioning not giving up tightness uh, but also not taking the burn of the weight so you really have to dial that in uh, Kevin or C uh, K Sevy favorite program for increasing the flat bench and to that I will strategically politically say anything that gets your bench up I'm a big fan of because there's a million ways to spin it that's what I was saying earlier make training fun training is a puzzle piece you know I was trying to find the the right things to click and the right weak points to develop um, and sometimes shit just doesn't go your way you know you go through a training cycle and for whatever reason didn't click weights didn't move up you know hey is that a total loss absolutely not okay yeah frustrating to go through maybe 12 16 week training cycle and not see progress on ultimately the one rep max or in a meet in a meet scenario that's a whole other ball game because a bunch of shit can happen in just that one day um you know when we're talking training you want to see uh incremental progress across the way which usually is the case for most but um yeah it's frustrating when we don't see that increased um weight on the bar but take a look at what happened the previous cycle that's why i always try to uh, go over the previous training cycles with our athletes good or bad you know bad outcome or good outcome we go over it because there's something to be learned there and that's where we're going to stumble on gold okay so it's never all at loss we found ways that we we don't want to repeat okay we learned from our mistakes okay we learn hey what do we need to do now to get you better next time all right you can't hit gold on the first time every time you know we gotta keep going back to the drawing board doing it over hey look at football i always relate lifting the football I'm, i'm i'm a big football guy you know sometimes you have shitty seasons doesn't mean you're a shitty team so figure out what the hell happened get back to it next year same thing with a training cycle okay it's not that that strength's not there we just didn't show that strength we could be a freaking super bowl team all right and then maybe we go eight and eight and miss the playoffs okay that happens a lot of good teams all right and things just didn't fall their way maybe they lost a lot of close games field goal at the end of the game you know sometimes the the dominoes just don't fall your way right cookie you know whatever the whatever the analogies whatever analogy you want to put in there right sometimes things just don't go your way next season figure out what the hell happened how can we get better same thing with the training cycle all right just taking a few more here um mod uh, mod haas what do you think about height and aggressive lifting um i'm all for it at the right time at the right time i don't like getting hyped up too much um i actually i don't get hyped up much at all uh, the meat or training you know uh, i'll throw on a song with the nose torque and stuff like that but what's going on in here it's not like i'm just blindly just lifting with aggression you know what i mean i try to channel that when you need it but um i'm pretty laid back with with my um strategy um, and I, you know, tap into that. If you get to a place mentally where you're just boom and you're just bringing it, um, you have to tap into it at the right time because expending that energy too is mental fatigue. It's mental fatigue. So, yeah, it's definitely going to take some out of the tank. Um, Logan Barbell says, ever try foam press? 
So I have not tried foam press much in my training. I love the idea of the foam press. I've definitely utilized it with those athletes who uh, might have a foam board. But um, yeah, definitely a, uh, a fan of the foam press. You know, it's going to essentially a, a deload mechanism. You know, the, the foam's taking up some of that weight of the bar. Kind of like wearing a slingshot, but you don't have to really change your groove. You don't have to change anything with the foam. You know, just bench how you normally bench, but it's taking up... Um, it's absorbing some of that weight in the bottom. You get a stronger spring out of it, out of the top. So yeah, uh, definitely think it's awesome, and it'll compress a good amount, so you can train a nice range of motion. You know, unlike a, a board press, right? A board press, we're stopped on the board. Foam press, it allows us to get more range. You know, so. Um, yeah, so that's I guess all I wanted to touch on here for Instagram yesterday. Um, I just want to leave you before we go. I want to leave you with uh, one one piece here. Um, VIP membership. Just want to drop the word on that. Uh, we just filmed some great stuff today. A lot of exclusive content there. Uh, you're going to get access to all our program templates for free. And you get a lifetime discount to BigBenches.com. Check that out, guys. It's a great way to get involved with the team. It's very low cost. It's, it's less than $10 a month to join that membership. Try it out. See how you like it. All right, if you get some value out of being part of the team, um, which I hope you would, um, worth going to check out. So, bigbench.com, VIP membership. I really hope to see you there. Love to welcome you into the team. So, there you have it, guys. That's a Bench Talk episode. And uh, really, really appreciative of you guys joining us. If you can do one thing here to help out the podcast, just tell a friend. Just tell a friend, hey, it's really cool, live podcast, Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Just spreading the word like that helps a ton. And I love seeing more of you each week joining in. Uh, really love doing the, the live Benchcast talk here. So um, I hope it's helping you guys out. So if you're getting value from it, you know, the best thing you can do is pass it on, keep growing the podcast. I really, really appreciate it, guys. You're the best. I see you all joining in, um, you know, regular regular names here, regular faces. So um, really, really cool to um, see everyone tuning in on a regular basis. Um, so definitely going to keep these things going. I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. Um, you all have great questions, too, so I love answering. All right, guys, one last sip of coffee for the working man. Oh, damn good. All right. See you guys next time. Are you frustrated with your training progress? I get it. I've been there, and I've also helped numerous athletes break their plateaus. I'd like to invite you to a cost-efficient way of joining our Big Benches team, the VIP membership. Through joining our exclusive team group hosted via Facebook, you'll receive access to everything you need to see big progress in your training. Access all of our program templates for free coaching critiques on lifts, and exclusive video tips on how to improve technique. Not to mention, all members receive a 15% lifetime discount to our store. Need new wraps, sleeves, apparel? It's all there. Join the VIP membership today by visiting BigBenches.com. Look forward to having you on the Big Benches team.